Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love your Instagram handle, your new normal. You know, I like, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. It's such a clever name because it's just, it's so true. Kat even like used it in was it last week's podcast or the one that's going up this week? Yeah, yeah. She just she just uh, in conversation. Just your, you know. What did you say? Something like you've got to find your new normal. Yeah, Yeah. but it's true. You're completely right because I was gonna I was gonna say new. I actually started calling it new beginnings, and then I thought actually no because beginnings to me means like it's like a like you're eradicating your past, which Mm -hmm. is not about. It's not about that at all because, you know, the fact is that your past is so important to you and it's part of your present and your future. Um, so I kind of thought actually your new normal is kind of better because people think of grief as being really like all these abnormal connotations, but actually it's not. It's like really, it's, yeah. Well, I really liked it because um, after my mum died, my dad, like he retired from his job, took up yeah. more cycling, like start like incorporating a few different things into his life and it's what he used wow. to say when he was talking to new people he'd be like yeah. oh you know since joe died it's just about like finding my new normal like they, they oh that's so nice that is really... yeah no but you're, you're completely yeah it, it's because yeah it's not it's not like about you have to make a fresh start or anything like that like you haven't left that part of you behind but it's just basically finding a sort of new yeah like a new way to live in the world i guess yeah with this yeah no it's yeah oh thank you <laughs> Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parent, the good, the bad and the banter, hosted by Sam and Kat. So with us today, we have the lovely Mira, who we actually know from our kind of like Instagram community. So Mira owns an Instagram and Twitter platform under the name, under the name Your New Normal, um, which we have just had a huge discussion about, which we'll include in the podcast. And um, Mira kindly volunteered to come onto the podcast with us today, and we've been following her for a while now. And she is so open and honest about like what happened when she lost her mum and stuff, and her experience of grief. So we're really looking forward to this podcast, and we think you guys are all going to enjoy it too. So Mira, if you could please introduce yourself and kind of tell us where you're from, like what you do, a bit about like, your day to day stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm delighted to. Um, so yeah, hi, um, hi, Kat. Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> the int- introduction was very nice. Um, thank you. Um, so I'm Mira. And I, um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of a sort of career change at the moment. But I'll, I'll sort of go into that. It's been it's been a long time coming based mm-hmm. on what happened to me um, when I lost my mum and like, various things like that but um yeah at the moment I am I'm doing sort of like a recruitment based job um which is 
um, yeah, which is quite interesting. But yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book. So I've got lots of other things um, going on. So um, yeah, so I, I think my, my story started um, about 12, 12 years ago, uh, when I lost my mum to ovarian cancer. So that was all very, very sudden. I didn't really, I hadn't really experienced uh, cancer in that way, that sort of personal connection to it. And I think a lot of people, I suppose, who lose their um, parents or their siblings in that way um, probably feel the same way. Because, I mean, you know it's there, but you never think it's going to be, it's going to happen to you or someone you know and someone you love Mm -hmm. um, at that age. So, um, yeah, that was, it was really tough. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking? No, yeah, of course. Um, So I was 19 when she was diagnosed. So it sort of happened in a really strange way and I even though it was a long time ago I just remember the whole episode right really vividly Mm. um and it all stemmed from we had a really nice summer holiday so it was the last holiday she ever had in Italy and um (laughs) anyone who knows me um will know that it's like my second home even though I'm not Italian I wish I was um my last and first ever holiday with just my mum was also in Italy really yeah (gasps) That's, do you know what? That is absolutely incredible. I, I don't know. I don't know why, why the connection is there in a way, but I think maybe it's, I don't know if you find this, but it's basically the slow, it's like that slow pace of life. And yeah. it just feels like everyone really um, knows what life is about there, which you don't get here. It's so amazing. We, were, we, yeah. we stayed in Sorrento. We loved it. Oh, lovely. That is, yeah, it's Sorrento. Is that, that's kind of near Naples, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah that's lovely. I, 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 yeah, I just, so we went, we went too far from there. It was, um, we were in Tuscany. So funnily enough, um, the last holiday, um, was in a town called Via Reggio. So it's like a beach town where actually not many tourists go. It's mainly just Italians. Um, so it was, um, yeah, a real experience, but actually funnily enough, many years later, my husband and I actually got married really near there. Um, and yeah, which was, it was really, it was very moving, but, because well because obviously she wasn't there but also it was kind of like the last happy memory we have of her and so yeah it was a really nice connection but um yeah so I just remember us cycling up and down the promenade um and I just remember she was she was really really free really like um really just very spirited and it's really weird because all of us were thinking about what it what it'd be like in the future so my sister I was at university my sister was going to be at university so my parents who'd worked really hard actually to build the future um that they'd had you know they were thinking about retiring and Mm -hmm. you know planning their life um so in that way it was it was really magical um it was a magical holiday um but really really weirdly uh it was kind of like over the last few months she had a, a sort of, not a growth, but her stomach sort of expanded. And I don't know many people, if they know much about ovarian cancer, but there are like very limited symptoms yeah. until, yeah, until sort of the very end, sort of like stage four. So that's why it's, it's one of those cancers that uh, really, really shock you because you, you just you can't, you can't really see it coming. But for mm-hmm. her, she had this, her stomach expanded and it sounds awful, but we sort of used to sort of tease her and be like, oh God, you know, what's happening? You need to lose weight. You know, you look like you're pregnant. And yeah. it was just, it was just, I, I mean, I'm laughing because it is hilarious because yeah. that, that's the way, that's the way we sort of approached it. And like, you know, my sister and I. It must I have been all the, all the pizza in Italy. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> we, we'd like be poking her her belly and be like oh my god like what's going is, are you pregnant what's happening here it's, it's all very strange okay. for us. but then um effectively we we kind of got back home and we thought we needed to do something about it so obviously she went to see the doctor she had a scan and what it showed and this wasn't the cancer part at all actually it was basically she had this massive like a rugby ball sized like lump like massive oh in her God. stomach oh. yeah it's it's called a fibroma the, a science the sort of medical term for it um and it's it's benign completely benign so uh, we were like oh yeah you know um so that's what it was and like and she you know she teased us and said see like it's like nothing i did um <laughs> but anyway uh that that was um so that happened sort of in october time and then she had a, a, an operation in I think it was December, November, December, when uh, it was it was she, she basically had to take it out because it was obviously getting to the stage where it was very uncomfortable, um, and that that really weirdly was when I just remember distinctively she we were in the recovery room with her she she went through private medical care um, and we were all sitting there and the doctor came in and he just it was weird because he had this look on his face and I just remember thinking hang on, this isn't, this isn't the face that one would have to say, oh, everything went fine, nothing to worry about. There's, there's definitely something more to this. Um, and so I remember him coming in and, and saying, look, the, the operation was a success. You know, we, took, we removed the, the fibroma itself, but actually um, it was kind of a good thing that you had the fibroma because it led us to discover that you had uh, a small growth of um ovarian cancer and and that never would have yeah it's it's so strange that never ever would have been discovered um had had she not had this other growth and um, so it was all really it was kind of it was very very shocking because uh, none of us sort of saw it coming like like many many other illnesses but yeah and um that's what I mean they removed they removed some of it but they had to obviously have the whole she had to have go through the whole chemo and the radiation um it's so horrible to watch people go through that isn't it I just I can't you know it's so painful to watch because I think that's what that's the part that destroys them really I think It's, Mm -hmm. it's sad to say but that's the part that that changes them like they you know they become week and I, I feel I don't know medical technologies have been it's advanced over the last 10 years from what I from what I know so you know you can have chemotherapy and, and go back to work the next day um, and things like that but for my mum it wasn't like that I, I feel like as soon as she had the chemo and it started it just um it just unraveled and with that her health just spiraled out of control um and she really it, it's sort of the mum that I I knew who was so feisty so full of life it just it just took it all out of her and um you know she lost her ability to she just she became insular she she went into herself a lot I I don't know if you had the same experience um um Sam Sam yours your experience probably will be different because your dad was having treatment pretty close up until the end wasn't he Kind of yes, but he never um, he never wanted anyone to know that he was suffering, so he would put on a a brave face all the time, yeah, and probably try because he was so outgoing, yeah, that he he would still like, um, you know, just pretend that he was fine and still be as outgoing as he possibly could. Yeah, mm. I, I think it's I think it's interesting the way that people sort of sort of react to this because I, I feel like my mum she 
she was the kind of person that, uh, and I, I knew this more when she died, was that she held like our family together. Yeah. So my dad is um, is not a strong person at all, and I'll, I'll talk more about this as we go on. But he, she, she knew that if she sort of uh, vocalised how she was feeling, you know, or if you know if she, what whatever, if she's, it's kind of she sheltered him a lot from it all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really took its toll on her as well because she. They, they, sorry, if you can hear a really strange noise, it's my dog snoring. It's not anything, <laughs> it's not anything around him. I mean, he's a tiny dog, but he makes a hell of a loud sound. I can't hear it, don't worry. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's what it was, is that it was just the two of them, because he sort of uh, left work for a bit um, to concentrate fully on her and her treatment. And so it was basically them, just the two of them every day, day in, day out. And then their dynamics were she was the one that was used to supporting him, doing everything for him around the house, everything. And obviously, when she couldn't do that, it was sort of, I think she must have felt so helpless because she couldn't offer him the support he needed. Um but at the same time, she wasn't getting the support she needed because he just couldn't deal with any of this, like, emotionally. Yeah. So he was a very practical man, you know. He would, you know, he got the, the appointments down to a T, he got the medication down to T. He's, he's a pharmacist, so he's very, like, you know, in that way, scientific. But emotions, I mean, he cannot talk about emotions. He cannot talk about feelings. Um, and I think that must have really really affected her um because she just didn't have that support system which is really sad um but yeah I think that's and it just happened it happened very quickly so that was December and then by March March she was she was gone um wow so when when they found her ovarian like cancer and stuff was that stage four straight away yeah, so it was stage four, um, but she was re- initially she was responding to the medication, but then the cancer sort of um, took a different turn, and yeah. it got to the point where, I mean, the, the day that the day that she died, or maybe the sort of the day after, so the very early morning that she died, that day actually we'd we'd um, had a we'd been in contact with the hospice, so she was actually going to be transferred like to the hospice to have spend her last however many days that would have been but she actually never made it there um and so she actually died at home yeah that's um um, very very similar to my mum as well by the time by the time she was going to be taken to the hospice um Macmillan came over and they were like no she won't she won't make the drive it's uh it's too late she needs to stay at home how did you feel about that was that do you think um, that was probably a good thing or yeah I'm actually really glad about it because where she was in the house she was kind of at the hub of the home we had her downstairs and I've got quite a big family and she had like four brothers and sisters and stuff so we had a lot of people coming in and out of the house and I think if we were in hospice that would have made that a little bit more difficult yeah that's true so, because yeah that's true yeah like w- with the way that it was we were, we were all we were all able to be within the same kind of space as her at all times. So I am, I am glad that it happened that way, to be fair. How was it for you, Mira? Because I, I, can, I can just imagine that for me, I mean, does your dad still live in that house? Because I know, obviously, Kat, you still live in that house. I don't, for me, it would be very haunting, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's quite strange. Not strange, that's the wrong word. He, the way he dealt with um, this was um, not, I mean, he hasn't dealt with it, to be, to be honest, to be frank. Um, so his, 
for example, an example of that is that my mum's things were, it basically, I used to come home back from university and it would be as if nothing had ever changed. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, for years, for like probably about four years. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that. So her toothbrush was still in the holder. Her oh. towel was still in the towel rack. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that pretty... That really hard as like a 19, 20-year-old. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's what I found really strange. And he sort of, I personally, like she died in their sort of bed where they slept together um, and he he still sleeps in that same bed and I I don't know how he does it I, I really don't like I know it sounds for me I can barely go into that room because the memories are just too much for me mm. um but for him it's like he's just closed off completely what happened to him and I, I think obviously losing my mum like you know we were she was she still is the person that I love more than anything else more than anyone else mm-hmm. um and, and and will always be and we, we obviously we had like our ups and downs but she she was amazing and she did so she basically dedicated her whole life to me and my sister Mm -hmm. um so but but saying saying all that it's um what actually was more painful wasn't dealing with her dying was dealing with him um and I don't know whether it's a good time to go on to that but it's just I think I think I found having having someone someone like that as who's meant to be you know your only parent because I, I was 19 20 uh, 20 when she died um just turned 20 and my sister was only 17 so have, having that and and looking up to a parent when this happens but but having them unable to parent you mm-hmm. um is is tough okay. and and so ha- basically there was just no room or space for our grief whatsoever like he him and his grief and whatever he was going through uh took up took up all that space for years so effectively our needs were just put on hold and they just weren't met and yeah Yeah, I mean I I can totally kind of get where you're coming from with that like his grief absorbed anything that you two were feeling because his his took up all of your attention so you couldn't process it yourselves exactly and and even not even just ours like our I don't know was it I think Sam you were saying that you have a big family yeah we both do yeah you both have big families so I think you can and and, and when when your respective parents died like were your families because I'm the same coming from an Indian background and and everyone lives very close by and it's all you know in your face that sort of thing were, were they were they were they around a lot like did you did you get much support from your family how how did that all sort of sort of plan out sort of in that way yeah well it was also for both um me and Kat we were both that we went straight back to university yeah so we left that environment also I mean as you did yeah um my family were quite well I mean they're kind of close by um they would always be there, but they would not necessarily be coming around to the house because we didn't. We weren't. Our house was never the house that everyone went to because we weren't in the middle of everyone. Uh, but I don't know if a cat how it was for you. Um. So I'm one of three kids, and so I've got two older brothers who are seven years and nine years older than me. So in my family, it was just me and my mum, 
And then, obviously, when my mum died, I had to try and find this new dynamic between, one, being the only female of the house, and two, trying to build a relationship with my dad that wasn't necessarily there before. Um, I, I can totally sympathise with that. Yeah, which, the same, the same as you, was actually really, really difficult. Like, my dad would go two weeks sometimes when I was at uni without contacting me. And it'd be like, for me, that was so alien because my mum would have called me every day. And I was just like, where is this parent? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I think that's a problem. and I don't want to generalize at all. Um, but I, I have, from having spoken to people, I do feel like this. This could be this is this could be a generalization. So I apologise if I offended anyone. But for me, I, I just found that because um, my mum was the you know the sensitive one, the emotional one, the one that was able to talk about things. When when she died, um, it was it was all closed off. Like whereas I feel like if maybe it'd been the other way around, I don't know. I don't know at all. But I, maybe, I've said this. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where is it controversial? Is it not? Like, it's, it's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, my dad was the sensitive one with that you would go to if you had an issue. And my mum is the, um, the stone cold, like, <laughs> strong, like, no feelings. Let's just get on with it. <laughs> but would your, um, like, so, so your, your dad just wouldn't, he wouldn't speak about it, even though, yeah. Or would he speak about it? No, so or would it I was think, just be like I don't know speak about this at all. So the, the the thing is, is that he, it was like a competition for him. So, you know, if we talked about how we were feeling, he'd be like, "Oh, but what I'm feeling is much worse," you know, because I've lost my wife, and it's and it's not only that, but he he'd also I think what it stemmed from is he he's had a horrible life like he lost his both of his parents at a very young age like he lost his, his dad when he was like eight or nine his mom when he was about 15 so he he basically even though he was parented from elder siblings like he has a long list of sisters who are old, much older than him so he did have that sort of parental support but he never dealt as was the case in Indian culture and at that time people would just sweep it under the carpet and then, you know, no one would talk about anything and then just move on. So he never, I think when my mum died, what it did and what it has continued to do has trigger his grief for both of his parents as well. Um, so that's, that's why now 10 years, 10, 11 years later, 
I, I can actually sympathise with him because I understand what it must have been like for him. Um, and to, to, to have, it's, it's like he was living, I don't know, because grief is, in a good way, it's a selfish thing because it forces you to confront what's going on in your life. Um, but, but if it's not dealt with, it, it becomes sort of selfish in a bad way but because you can't see anyone else's grief at all. And that's what happened with him. Like, all he could see was his own suffering. He could not see anyone else's suffering. And because of that, um, he could not support or see that my sister and I could be... Struggling. Could be in pain, yeah. 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 So, um, who did you, like, rely on for support then at that time? I'm guessing, obviously... Well, I'm guessing you and your sister kind of went on each other. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because my sister and I are very close, but actually we're very different. So I'm mm. I'm very very open, whereas she actually. So I'm more like my mum. So you know, I, I I talk a lot about how I'm feeling. I I get I get it out naturally. You know, I have to talk about things. Whereas she's actually a bit more like my dad. So she keeps things bottled up. So essentially, that's what she did for for many years. And she was, in a way, like, she was actually forgotten about because I was the one that would be, you know, lashing out about my, my grief. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, because... And so I, people were forced to listen because I would talk about it. Um, whereas she just... She could not. So I feel I feel like she's she really is the one that lost out because, because she wasn't shouting and screaming, saying, hey, everybody, I'm in pain too. No one really focused on her. Yeah, I can really um, emphasize with that because I feel I feel the same, and obviously even still now, actually, people because because I talk about it more openly. Obviously, I do podcasts and I post about the stuff about my dad dying all the time. That people forget that my sisters probably also are having a like could be having a really shit time as well, but they are not the kind of people to post about it. So people probably don't reach out as much to them. I think I think you're completely right. I think it's really sad because um, at university, like I, I, I still some of my university friends when they've in the same situation as you, when they've seen that I've been speaking about it a lot more and writing about it. Um, you know, they, they a few of them said to me, God, I, I'm so sorry. Like we had no idea you, you felt all of these things like we just, you know, it, it just seemed like you know, you were just sort of so, so strong and just like holding it together. But, it, and it just, it just makes you feel that actually people judge things a lot on face value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even though to me, to, to, to the three of us having lost someone so important, it's so obvious that like, obviously if you use your mum or your dad, shit, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it should be obvious, but actually it's, it's just not. And, which is which is fine because you can't expect someone that have that hasn't suffered in that way to, to understand what it must be like. You just you just can't. The difficulty is the thing is is that I think other people expect us to walk around crying and looking miserable yeah. all the time whenever yeah. whenever we feel sad. You know, I think they expect that expect that to be a constant. Whereas in reality, you can be having a completely normal day. But it'll be one thing that triggers you or in the back of your head all day, you'll be thinking, God, I really, I really miss this person today. But just because you're not outwardly showing it every day, because that would be exhausting in itself. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has time for that. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you need to and be like, hey, Kat, you know, how, how are you feeling today? Let yeah. it all out. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like you're not, you know, you're, you're not going to go up to, be, to someone and say, hi, um, how did you find economics? Oh, by the way, I'm feeling really shit because my mum died. You know? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's not something you can just bring up into conversation, you know, like it's, but yeah, I, I, I do struggle with that. Like, I, I'm not saying that I feel let down by people, by friends, by people. I'm not, I'm not saying that because having now, although funnily enough, my husband actually is, um, he, he like, it's weird because he actually has lost both of his parents. So he's an orphan, but, um, but he was never actually brought up by his parents anyway. So it's kind of, it's a different loss, right? So yeah. it's like, um, you know, he was brought up by his grandma, who's uh, thankfully still alive, but it's, it, it's kind of, he's the only person I know that's, that's lost, um, parents that that's without within our age bracket um wow. apart from that yeah isn't that strange like you'd think you'd think people would have by now but it's mm. yeah I don't know because obviously you guys have each other and stuff that's the mad thing I think about doing this podcast is that Sam and I now know at least another 14 15 people wow. who have also lost parents that is mad isn't it Sam like yeah well I feel that for a very long time thought that I was cursed because my 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 dad died and then all my friends' parents just started dropping dead around oh me. My <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like a trend that you don't want to set, do you? Like it's just it's like so oh god. Oh no. Yeah. yeah actually, I... um it happened to it happened to me in my final year at uni. Um I was kind of like involved with two guys, not at the same time, but like like <laughs> <laughs> like dated these are two separate people in um my final year at uni and now both of them both of their dads are dead <laughs> oh my god and I'm like oh sorry guys <laughs> oh my god I just I can't I literally can't believe it oh my god who are these people yeah I <laughs> <laughs> oh god Keep your dad safe Mira you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> god yeah it's um yeah it's one of, it's no it's a, it's a strange I mean I don't know how you guys found it with 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 uni friends because I find the thing is I feel like I mean there's no easy time to lose a parent let's be honest there is no easy time but I feel like in university there is this like underlying thing that everyone has when they're going to university of oh my god I've got to have the best time possible you know I've, I've got to make the most out of every opportunity you know I, and that's that's the way it is and when you're feeling like you know when you've lost the, the person in your life it is it's so hard to feel that momentum and and it's and it's you just don't you don't know what to do I, because it's it's a really really horrible time because you should be you feel like you're the odd one out you feel completely left out mm-hmm. yeah because yeah everyone around you always seems so kind of like driven and like really enthusiastic about stuff and I think for me I spent a lot of my time at uni after my mum died in bed <laughs> yeah yeah an awful long time yeah I, I, I honestly I, I, I really don't blame you I feel I feel like I wish I did more of that because I, I think I did the opposite it was I, I went into this sort of which is bad because now effectively even though it's been so long it's only in the last maybe probably about three four years I've actually um like properly dealt with my grief like I, I went into sort of um robotic um you know like robotic mode but being really um had you know actually just being a bit of a bit in denial about everything really um 
it was kind of like I kept I used to go home at weekends I was at Warwick University so it was not too far from London um and I used to go down pretty much every weekend when my mum was ill and then also when she passed away because my dad was uh, home alone and so we would yeah it was weird I'd go sort of I'd, I'd go home and it'd be like a really strange environment because I couldn't deal with my grief there because mm. my dad just wasn't allowing that at all so we kind of just do we wouldn't talk about my mum we wouldn't talk about what happened we just sort of do oh. stuff like go shopping to Sainsbury's and things like <laughs> stuff like that yeah. um <laughs> uh, <laughs> all very strange and then I'd go back to university and it'd be like oh yeah let's go out and just trying to talk to people at the deli counter about your grief. Yeah. No one else. <laughs> someone please. Yeah, yeah. Someone please. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Yeah, so it was kind of. It's you feel a bit trapped because you don't know. You don't know where you're meant to get have the space, like where you're meant to find the space. And yeah. like you, I think I, I used to do it alone at night when I was in bed, and that's the only time oh. I felt I could cry. Isn't that so? <laughs> Literally night time night time was the worst time for my grief like oh it's such a killer you just lie there and like I even I did it this year it was the night before my 23rd birthday and I didn't sleep until about three three o'clock in the morning because all I could do was think about my mum and how I wish she would be there the next day and at night all at night all you do is cry don't you it's it's horrible and it's it's the kind of cry that's like it's really soul destroying like it's it's really soulful crying where you just you're shaking and you just don't know what to do and you're like no I I, yeah I completely agree I I feel like it's no one should ever have to cry alone and no one should Mm. ever have to suffer like that alone um but it's weird because even though it's really it's really really horrible way to be it's it's the only time when you can actually feel like you can completely let go of all that emotion um yeah and feel like completely because I mean I do cry I I have cried in front of friends and in front of my husband and stuff but in a way I'm always so conscious of upsetting them mm. weirdly I don't know why you're, that you're is you're always like I'm so sorry that I'm crying but yeah. inside you're like I'm not sorry at all I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well yeah they should feel a little bit of what I'm feeling you know <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I really um I really do um empathize with the whole like feeling trapped thing because I I still count myself very very lucky that I was um that I ended up just kind of by chance living with Catherine in like the second year after my dad died but that first year was kind of the same like I was asking people I would ask people if I could talk about it and the people that I lived with didn't want to talk about it went home my sisters and one wouldn't talk about it so that was very much the same as you but then you had that for your for the remainder. I love I love the idea. Some of you like asking people if you can talk about it. <laughs> hey, excuse me if we just take ten minutes out of your day today just to just yeah. about the fact that my dad died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because people love, they can talk about like really, really like I think that's what annoys me as well. Part of my grief was having really limited patience for the most like ridiculous yeah. conversations. Yes. Like, you know, they could talk about, like, I don't know, their nails or something for, like, hours oh. or, like, so, and it's like, when you, why can't you talk about things that really matter? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yes, it's so true. But it's difficult, I think, finding the balance with your friends because 
we actually recorded a podcast with two of our best mates that we've lived with at uni. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually said that they kept a lot of the things that they were going through from us because they didn't want us to, to feel like what they were going through wasn't important anymore. So I think it is so hard to find a balance, isn't it? But I totally agree with you. with stuff like really mundane, everyday stuff. You're just like, you want to shake them and be like, you are so lucky that this is your biggest problem in your life right now. <laughs> exactly. I think you're right. You're completely right about it. Because it's like, on the one hand, you're grieving and you don't want to feel like um, people can't approach you and treat you in the same way as they used to treat you. Or they, you don't want to feel like your life has changed to that degree. But then on the, on the other hand, your life has changed and it is the biggest part of your life. And it is always going to be going on in your life. So... I, I think it's like these two like conflicting emotions are really hard to deal with. Yeah. Well, it's like it's the biggest life event that you've been through. It, it would be like on a completely other end of the scale, but it would be like getting married or having kids and not being able to talk about it. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. That's, it's so true. Right. I, I actually, funnily enough, I actually do compare the day my mum died to the day I got married. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> like my husband in the next room is probably like oh for god's sakes what she <laughs> she's really ruined this podcast <laughs> no but in a weird way it does it, it it does feel like that because you're like you're in on both on the both hand it's like the biggest step in your life like you're ever gonna have to take in a in a weird way but also it's all, all like on but on the other side it's like both both situations are complete blur as well so mm. like the day that they died mm. and like the funeral and everything it's like it's basically like you're going through all these things that happen to you but you're not really present you're in some sort of weird like zombie-ish state where you can see all this is happening to you but you kind of like are away from your body um yeah I don't know, it's, it's a bit weird and and that's yeah i am one of my um, biggest regrets is, it sounds ridiculous, but is not taking any pictures at the, the funeral. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Because yeah. I would, I would look, look right now and be like, oh, my God, like... Yeah. Do you know what? I, I completely I agree. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not something you'd be, like, putting on, put on Facebook or anything, but, like, I totally... Yeah, just a whole album. Yeah, a whole album going, yeah. My mum's funeral, yeah. That's that's <laughs> No I, I actually I actually agree. Can you imagine the comment like oh my god look at your face on that you're such an ugly crier ha <laughs> lol <laughs> Oh my god oh, Rate god. rate this funeral out of ten. No, <laughs> my funeral. Oh, yeah, my funeral. There's an idea. That's a brainwave. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I, 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 to- I, I totally understand that feeling because it's weird. You're right because it's when it's the same as when you get married. Because when you when you get married, um, it's it's kind of for everyone else because everyone tells you what happened and and because you're not really part of when you get married actually you're kind of on some weird other like level where everyone yeah. else is doing something having all their banter and you know getting drunk and throwing up in bushes and you're <laughs> part of that yeah. well that's what happened in my wedding anyway <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so true. But yeah, so that's it. You relive it through your friends and you re- relive it through photos. But for a funeral, like I, I actually, I gave a speech um, about my mum with my sister and oh. I can't for the life of me remember what it was like. And I would love to, I would love it. I would love it if someone had recorded it. Like they had yeah. of my wedding speech. I would love, I would have loved that. But anyway, <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, at least, at least now you know for next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be prepared this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was actually, um, my, my mum's funeral was a complete blur because my grandma actually slipped me a diazepam oh <laughs> the funeral. God. She's like, you go, Catherine, take this. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, it doesn't matter. I think, just take it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so by the time we got to like the funeral in the church, we did the creme first. By the time we were there, I was literally like on a cloud, like looking around, like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's akin to having a baby when you're, yeah. when you're in jail, <laughs> when you've got all the drugs and you're like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Oh, God. It was, it was funny because I I went up and did a poem with my brothers. Oh, and lovely! Thinking back to that, I'm like, no, no idea what that was like. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know. But do do you find that when um obviously when your parents died and stuff like, do you find that now you you become like apparently the grief expert um amongst your amongst your friends? So if someone ever loses someone, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, you should really speak to that person because they know what it's like. I don't know if you found <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah I mean we, don't, we definitely don't make it easy for ourselves the fact that we oh, no. <laughs> point out about grief we're literally inviting it yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I get I, I actually honestly probably get um, a message at least once every fortnight from someone different about either their, their own parent dying or their friends or their cousin or you know whatever Um but it's hard. It's hard. It's it's still hard to give advice now because almost the advice is me saying I actually can't give you any advice. Yeah. <laughs> there is no right thing to do or say right yeah. now. It's, it's so it's so true. I actually find it so hard when people ask me for advice. I'm like, I can tell you what I would have liked at the time, but everyone's experience of grief is so so different. And you don't you don't know what kind of support they've already got either. Like it's so hard to know. I agree. And also with time, like I feel with me, um, I can't give the advice that I, that, that helps me now to someone that's just lost someone. I, I, I couldn't because now, and it takes, it takes years, I think. I mean, some people probably shorter than others, but it takes years to see the positive side of it. Yeah. Um, and, and right now I, I do see the positive side of it um, pretty much always. Um, but I could never tell someone, oh, but don't worry because, you know, it's a good thing. Like, this is... <laughs> like oh, my mum's just died. Oh, yeah. congratulations. That is great. This is going to change your life. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So on that, was there anything at the time that anyone did or said? that you found really helpful i can tell you what i didn't find helpful <laughs> you know what we wel- right. we welcome that as well go for it so I, i've had i've had all sorts i had um so i i, I don't come from a, a religious background in the way that i am religious and my parents certainly weren't slash aren't religious um yeah. but my f- various members elder members of my family are so you know i have had the whole 
oh, you know, there's there's nothing you could have done. It was something she did in her previous life or whatever that made her get cancer and then die when she was 49. Oh so, Ooh. yay. Wait, wait, no, <laughs> so pause, pause one second. Was she 49? Yeah. Welcome to the 49 Club. Yay! That is freaky. Both of our parents were 49. That is freaky. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that... <laughs> That is so. Free- I mean, it's 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 so it's it's such a weird thing. Forty nine, isn't it? Because it's like it's- they could have at least made it to fifty. Like to fifty, had a big birthday celebration, yeah. and like you could have told them how much you love them, and then fine. But like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we we missed the like turning fifty. I love you so much. Welcome to turning fifty speech. Like, it was just cruel. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I mean, I did a weird dance at my dad's. 50th birthday which was your like, mum could have had the same I mean she missed out on having that weird weird dance anyway <laughs> I don't know. but um no yeah 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 49 it's it's kind of it's it's a weird one isn't it because obviously they're almost 50 um but they're not they're in their 40s which is strange because now I'm 32 so obviously I'm I'm, I'm not I'm nowhere near that but um the next the next decade I'm like wow you know the next decade will be the decade where my mum died that's mm. fucking weird, right? I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. I, I mean, I can't imagine that. And it, you know, it's it's a very strange thing. And now I'm thinking about now. I think because now I'm thinking, oh yeah, this was this was the age where she had my sister, or this was the, you know, it's it's so weird. And I'm thinking, mm. what what she would have been like. Um, each 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 year as I get older, I'm thinking, oh my god, it's it's all very it's very strange. But um, yeah. I, anyway, going back to your question, yeah, it's it's weird. I think, I think <laughs> if, if I'm like scraping the barrel, I think in in weird ways, I think some of my friends did try to to be around, like, and, and it, you know, they would show up randomly. Some of my school friends at, at, when I was at Warwick, they would show up randomly at university, um, and it, clearly they they wanted to give their support. Oh, yeah. They couldn't, you know, it couldn't. It, now thinking about it, it couldn't it couldn't be anything but that really, um, and I, I just feel that there was re- there was a really nice gesture actually. My one of my really good friends, her mum, every every year for about I think about five five six years, um, she would remember the day my mum died, and she would um, send a she was she's Catholic, so she would send an angel um, in the post, yeah. It's it's really that's it, so thoughtful. Yeah, really strange. Um, but really, I mean, yeah, not strange. And but it was it's just like you know someone that she knew my mum, but not that well. But it was kind of you do get the odd sort of um, from someone that understands like what it's like and understands mm-hmm. what it's just it's just it's really is like the simple things uh, that make it that make a difference. But um, on the other side of things, I did find that I was sort of. I remember, I remember once um, I went, so after university, I went to law school um, and I uh, met a friend of, well, she kind of was a friend, but not really, we were never close, but she was a school friend of mine that I hadn't seen for years. And like through the grapevine, she'd obviously heard my mum had passed away, obviously didn't sort of think to send me a message around the time she passed away, but um, sort of saw me um, when we were during induction, um, ran across the hall and like literally burst into floods of tears and it was like mm. what 
<laughs> because I mean, I, I felt like obviously, I felt like she she had good intentions. Like she wanted to clearly say to me that, oh my god, I feel so bad for you. I can't imagine what that must have been like. I get it, but she was mm-hmm. like, it's it's hard because she kind of made it about her, just by yeah, you know. <laughs> And you know, she like, barely excuse me, why are you crying? Yeah. This is my turn to cry. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, I, I think part of it. Me. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's all about you. Yeah, exactly. About you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone you barely knows. Mum has died, and and that brings you to tears. I mean, I, yeah. but I think I think what it is. I think I think it's because people struggle. What what to what to say and what to do when someone dies um and it's part partly the british culture of like not talking about death and not um, being open about yeah. it and i think that's why it's it's like a shock and people just don't know what to say um and that's when you get things that are like that which are really awkward um yeah. to deal with a lot, a lot of my friends say like oh no you don't like oh no don't i'll, I'll start crying i'm like say what <laughs> Just like cry, bitch. I have to, yeah. I, I find, yeah, cry, crying is good, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that when you, if you cry in front of people, you just don't know where it's going to go from there. Like it's the the yeah. unraveling of tears as well. Um, Hello. So as you can tell, we could literally talk for hours, Tamira, and that we did. Uh, so. Part two of this conversation will be live next week. But in the meantime, you should definitely go and check out Mira's accounts on Twitter and Instagram. She is at your new normal one, the number one on the end. She's just fantastic. Just like we try to do posting really relatable, honest, just down to earth content and really useful. So definitely go and check her out and give her a follow. And we will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's DPC podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today. If you've resonated with anything we've said, have any questions or want to get involved, please do contact us. We're on Instagram. It's at DPC podcast. You can email us on DPC podcast at hotmail.com. Or we have a contact form on our website, www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website. More information about dealing with grief, losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting shit. (laughs) If you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See See you next Tuesday. Nailed it. Nailed it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.